Happy March Madness to everybody listening. We are finally here. It's a special edition of Your Sports Fix with the Sports Pulse. And I'm Devin Ashby, hoping everybody is enjoying the early rounds of the men's game. And I hope everybody tunes in to watch the women's tournament as well, because especially in recent years, it's been a lot of exciting action in the women's game. Like, I know people like to talk down on the women's game and we're going to get to that in a second but it I, I really encourage everybody to watch it a lot of intriguing headlines there too um but so obviously we're in the spirit of March Madness we're you know in the early opening rounds for the men's and the women's are getting ready to kick off as well but a lot of the madness this March has it's been off the court just as much as on and not just the women's game but the men's as well but on the men's side we've already seen COVID take a little bit of its toll um the game scheduled between VCU and Oregon had been canceled and Oregon was given a it was called a no contest Oregon was given automatic advancing to the next round so that was obviously I asked last week, like what happens if you get a COVID positive test and now we see what happens, you know, they cancel games and um, somebody, I'm assuming either the higher seat or whatever gets automatic bid to the next round. But that's unfortunate for Oregon and VCU. And, you know, so far though, that's been the only game that's been canceled so far they've done a pretty decent job you would think with handling this stuff um you had a couple teams that were missing players like virginia who coincidentally kind of lost again in the opening round of the tournament third time in the last four years second time rather in the last four years um second in the last three tournaments you know it's it seems to be hit or miss with Virginia. Either they win the national championship or they lose in round one. Like, that's that's been Virginia the last few years. It's, it's really funny to watch, actually. But, you know, there have been some upsets already. We saw Oral Roberts beating Ohio State. You know, we, um, like I said, Virginia lost again. Texas lost to Abilene Christian off of... You know, some big, a big game for Abilene Christian last night, or, uh, yeah, last night. And, you know, just UCLA making a nice little run early on, beating Michigan State and then beating BYU. Maryland, you know, the Maryland men making a big stand. So a lot of action early in the men's game, and we're not missing Duke or Kentucky at all. At least I'm not. (laughs) So, you know. But over on the women's side, a lot of the attention has been turned to the conditions within this mini tournament bubble that these two teams are in. I mean, we've known for years that there have been glaring deficiencies on the women's side. The way the treatment that a lot of women's sports get in general has always been lacking when compared to the men's. We know this. But to see it up close and personal from players in particular like uh, Oregon. Sedona Prince has been very vocal. She's been sharing a lot of videos and pictures and stuff from the inside of their bubble, whether it's the food they've been receiving, 
the woefully inaccurate, like just the pathetic weight room setting that they that the NCAA really tried to pull off. I mean, it's heinous. It's it's just disgusting to see what the NCAA thought they could get away with, you know, and considering the amount of blowback and pushback from some of the top players in the game and also top coaches like Don Staley of South Carolina, you know, Muffet McGraw for Notre Dame, like these people have spoken up and it was enough to really turn the tide in the NCAA May gave them a, a much more acceptable weight room, but you you see that they could have done it from the get go. It shouldn't have taken bullying on social media to get this done, bro. Like this was it's ridiculous the way that these women have been treated for years, and it's a good thing now that they're able to shed light on it and they're able to speak up. You know, um, and shout out to them for you know, impacting a positive change. And I hope that those changes continue because that is downright disgusting. And the fact that they, you know, have to focus all their attention on that and not be able to play and not really focus on being able to play at least early on is disappointing. You know, everything, even the COVID tests they're taking, like the the ones that women are taking apparently are much more inaccurate in terms of they can miss positive tests sometimes you get people who get false positives and are forced to sit out when they don't really have it like the compared to the i think it's called a pcr test or something that they're that they're being that they're taking versus the one that the men are taking which is much more accurate you know just every step you look and then to make things worse the the weirdos out there like nick young who essentially say that the women deserve less because the men are bringing the money bringing in more money and it's just like bro sit down somewhere and shut up like that is like really not called for you know and it's disrespectful as well like you sitting here talking down on these women a lot of who could probably beat you in a one-on-one game it's it's dudes and do and they are subject to this disgusting misogyny all the time like in comment sections and stuff like this is the stuff that women's sports have had to deal with forever and they've constantly spoken up on it and the fact that we still continue to see this ridiculousness and these in these statements made like this from guys in the NBA you know and uh, it's just crazy to me you know but shout out to the women the real ones know that they can play too. And the real ones also know the women's NCAA tournament has been very exciting, almost more exciting than the men's in a lot of chances. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, we saw South Carolina take down UConn. You know, we saw Notre Dame make some incredible shots. We've seen some all-time great teams like that Baylor women's squad with Brittany Griner that went 40-0 and a couple of years ago. Like, we've seen this stuff before and you know so it's it's crazy to me to think that people don't think that the women's game is worth watching and that just in general like watch the women's game watch the women's tournament if you get a chance because they won't disappoint you especially this year it's a lot and shout out to Don Staley I think that 
I hope that she goes all the way because I'm actually somewhat of a Don Staley. Like the more I learn about her and the more I see her in South Carolina in general, I just seem to become a really big Don Staley fan. So shout out to them. Wish them all the best. But, you know, elsewhere, moving over to the professional side of things, um, the Lakers are in trouble. You know, they were already kind of teetering in the last few months, you know, with the loss of AD, Anthony Davis, and his injury problems that he's been dealing with and have been leaning more heavily on LeBron. Last night, LeBron went down with a serious ankle injury. And now they're saying he's a month-to-month thing. So now the Lakers are really, really in trouble. And Laker fans better hope that they figure something out and can weather the storm while LeBron and AD are gone. Because this could really get ugly. If Because, you know, they're, they're currently in sixth place. I think they're fighting to be in sixth place. And they could quickly see themselves on the outside looking in, depending on how long Brian is out. And we saw this happen before. We saw this a couple of years ago when Brian first got to L.A. They were really hot that first year. Then he suffered an injury on Christmas Day and missed like two months of the season, and that just cratered them. And when he came back, it wasn't he, – he came back a little bit too little too late and wasn't able to get them back to where they needed to go. And you could potentially see a situation like that happen again if depending on what this roster does. You know, you'd like to believe in their talent, but we don't know. You know, so you better hope that they if you're a Laker fan, you hope that they can figure some things out because it's very, very troublesome ahead, you know, depending on how long he's out and depending on how long A D continues to sit out. You know, so hopes to LeBron and AD that they get better because obviously the game is better when they're playing but for Lakers fans you better hope that they can weather the storm without the two of them so we shall see you know but elsewhere the NFL legal tampering and now free agency periods have kicked off and we've already seen a ton of action you know um, the Patriots more than anybody have been really busy, but this is an interesting offseason for a number of reasons. The main reason being that this year the cap is going down for the first time in a couple of years because of COVID. So whereas most other years, because the TV money hasn't kicked in yet, this is going to be one of the lower salary cap years. So we've seen already in a number of teams that how it's affecting them, like guys who kind of normally would be you know whatever like you're seeing free agents you wouldn't even expect to see because they're just getting they just don't have the money to keep them guys like Kyle Fuller for the Bears um the Saints cut, cut a handful of people uh you know Drew Brees retiring obviously but like they they cut a handful of people you saw um you know, the the Lions traded Michael Brockers, you know, uh, the Chiefs cut both of their starting tackles. The two tackles who missed the Super Bowl, both of them ended up getting cut, you know. Then Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and a couple others had to restructure their contracts, and, you know. So you're, you're seeing a lot of that happen around the league. 
that this past off se- this off season and and it's due a lot because of that salary cap. So they're saying that you know the teams that have the cap space are at somewhat of an advantage this year more than ever because and that this draft definitely has to go well for teams like this. This is a make or break year for a lot of teams if they don't get it right in the draft because it's just you know really tight and. You know, obviously, shout out to Dak Prescott, you know, getting his deal. And that's why you see, like, you're seeing also a lot of guys who aren't getting big deals, especially this wide receiver free agency market. It's a lot of guys signing one-year deals. It wasn't a really active market this year, which is kind of surprising, and that's part of the reason why. You know, this cap thing and people aren't wanting to be tied down, but... It's funny that it happens because now you see the next league year, I believe, is when the TV money kicks in. Because the NFL just signed a new deal. And, you know, among those things is, you know, you're seeing more and more about this age of streaming we're in. Now, Thursday night football games will be exclusively on Amazon Prime. So you'll stream them now, you know, no more you know, all the complaining we did about Thursday night games, and now it's like only a select few people can have access to them now, you know, so that's the way we're headed with that, but you just wonder, but else, I mean, there's some teams that even in spite of this cap, you know, this this year of a limited cap space, there's still a lot of activity going on, you know, the Patriots have been the most busy, you know, obviously everybody knew Last year with Cam Newton just was an empty cupboard, you know, and then obviously with Cam coming down with COVID, it just made things even worse. And um, they've been really active. They've put, they re-signed Cam, first of all, so they obviously believe in his talents, at least for the next year. And as a big Cam fan myself and somebody I wanted our team to get in the Washington football team, I'm, I've hoped for Cam's sake that he does well, you know, and they're doing everything to help him because they got real busy. You know, they added Nelson Aguilar, who had a pretty decent season for Oakland last year. You know, they added him into the fray. They added um, two tight end, two monster tight end signings with Johnu Smith from Tennessee and Hunter Henry from Los Angeles. You know, um, they added, you know, Trent Brown at left tackle to give uh, Cam some protection you know, and then on the defensive side, they added Matt Judon, you know, they added a couple of other guys on top of the guys that they got coming back who were opt-outs from last season, even though Patrick Chung announced his retirement, but still, you know, you have Stephon Gilmore still in the fray, you, you know, you, you, you get some guys back, the Patriots, I still don't know how strong they will be because at least on paper it looks good, but I still think that's the Bills' division to win. But and and the Dolphins are only going to get better. And even the Jets, you you figure they can't get no worse than they did last year. But with that being said, the Pats are not quite done yet. They're gonna if they're if this really is the end of their dynasty, they're going out with a fight, you know and. You, you, for them, but you know, 
elsewhere around the league, as far as Washington goes, you know, the team fan base was begging them to make some quarterback moves, to make moves in general. They got their man at quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, you know, love him or hate him, the dude makes plays. You know, he's proven that. It's like a lot, he makes bonehead plays too, and he's going to make some just head-scratching throws. They're going to be throws that he makes that you're just going to want to run into a wall when you see it. But, I mean, his you, you see that a lot of guys love playing with him. He, he seems to be a very good locker room guy, especially for a young quarterback if Washington does decide to go that direction in the draft, which I think they should at least think about. You know, um, and it also allows you to build the rest of the team around him, you know, um, in terms of adding offensive weaponry and things of that nature. So he's a guy who can push the ball down the field. The offense should be a lot more explosive than it was a year ago. If he can, you know, hold on to that starting job and not give it away like he's done over the last couple seasons. If there is a red flag, I mean, there are a couple of red flags with him, but one of the most glaring is the fact that he is never, he's played for nine different teams in his career. He's never been on a playoff team. That's the one thing. And at age 37, you know, you don't know how many more years he's got left in the tank. So, you know, you got to go all out. You know, this obviously is just a bridge thing. They signed him to a one-year deal, $10 million. So he's not the long-term answer, obviously. But he at least shores up some things for the next season. And you still wonder, does that, do they go after a quarterback in the draft? Were they going to ever? Like, does this change anything? Like, you still wonder the draft is still a couple months away, I believe, or at least a month away or so. So there are still, even with all the moves they made, you know, signing William Jackson at cornerback to, you know, fill in for Ronald Darby, who went to the Broncos, you know, and they still got guys coming back like Landon Collins and Matt Ioannidis from last year to add to a defense that was already a top five unit a year ago. You, the draft is still away. So there are a lot of unanswered questions still not just for Washington, but for all these teams that are making all these moves and stuff. So it's far from over. We still don't know what this team will look like in its finished product. So, you know, but we do know for things, Fitzpatrick is expected to be the starter and he's expected to make the offense much more explosive. And it should be an interesting division race next year with, you know, the Wentz era over in Philly because he went to the Colts now. So, Jalen Hurts is apparently the start over there. You you got the Giants who came within striking distance, even at six and ten, of winning the division last year. And of course, you have the Dallas Cowboys with a now healthy Dak Prescott. You you just wonder how different this division will look a year from now because we saw what it looked like last year and how bad it was. You wonder if the figures it could be much more competitive in the coming season. But we only have to wait and see, I guess. You know, but with that being said, I think we can wrap it up this week. You know, no need to just drag things, but obviously March Madness is in full swing. We've already seen some big upsets on the men's side, some 
you know, some predictable wins. Gonzaga beat the brakes off Norfolk State. And, you know, as an HBCU alum, that was a little bit hurtful. But I also had Gonzaga winning it all. So that was kind of, <laughs> you know, that was hard to watch. You know, you we saw Maryland pull off a big win over UConn. You know, we, we've seen, uh, like I said, Ohio State went down to Oral Roberts. You know, Abilene Christian beat Texas. You know, Virginia lost. So we've seen some big upsets already, like, it's happy. I'm so glad that March Madness is back. It was such a terrible thing to lose it last year, and to see it back and and not missing a beat is great for the game of basketball. And yeah, we just look forward to the madness, you know. And hopefully, it stays on the court and it doesn't trickle off into things like COVID and more issues with the women. So. Once again, I'm Devin Ashby, and this has been your Sports Fix with the Sports Pulse, and we will see you all next week.